The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki Season 2. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. How are you now? How are you now? Folks, the Montreal Canadiens are officially back. At the very least, we're talking about practice. We're talking about practice. All right, not the game. Not the games that actually matter. We're talking about practice. We're talking about preseason. Hello and welcome to the first preseason episode of the Bottom Six Minutes podcast presented by Habs Eyes and the Prize. I am Matt Drake. And the Montreal Canadiens drop a decision to the New Jersey Devils to open up their preseason by a score of 2-1. to one. Uh, Let's do a quick recap, I guess. There weren't a whole lot of goals to talk about anyways. And the Habs are trying to get themselves in a game shape. I might as well try to get myself in a game shape a little bit while we're at it. So again, not a whole lot of goals to talk about in this one. Uh, it all started off quite well for the Montreal Canadiens. bit back and forth early on. And the Habs, however, get a power play. In the first period. And guess who? Cole Caulfield. Down in the face-off circle. Gets a pass up top. I believe it was from Mike Matheson. And just blasts one home. Absolute snipe to make it one nothing for the Montreal Canadiens. Not a whole lot going on after that point. It took all the way into, what, the second period. Where Thomas Tatar on a power play for the New Jersey Devils. Uh, he had an initial chance, actually, that was stopped. A really nice save by Caden Primo. But, unfortunately, he got another chance later on where the puck was thrown out front to Thomas Tatar. And he just puts it far side. Nothing Primo can do on that one. Makes it 1-1. And we're tied. Now, from there on out, and really throughout most of the game, 5-on-5 uh, five five play pretty heavily favored the New Jersey Devils. Uh, but the Habs hanging in there. Pretty damn good goaltending for them. Uh, from Caden Primo in the second half and Jake Allen in the first half. But, of course, with about five minutes, maybe six minutes to play in the third period, uh, a bit of a weird one. Caden Primo, again, he makes the initial save, but he's kind of down on one knee. And Graham Clark takes a whack at it, uh, ends up getting through Primo, and that makes it 2-1. to one. The Habs get a late power play, pull their goaltender, a little bit of time. At six on four, a little bit of time at six on five, got a couple of chances. They came pretty close to tying that game up, sending us to our first overtime of the season. Gave a little bit of excitement for the Bell Center crowd at the end of that game, but it was all for naught. The New Jersey Devils take that one by a score of two to one. What did we learn? After all, we are talking about practice. What did we learn from that practice? Well, first thing I got to say, um, the Cole Caulfield Revenge Tour of 2022-2023 is going to be fucking spectacular, if that was any indication. Again, 
the team did not do very well uh, at five on five on the night. But I felt like Caulfield was cooking. Uh, he looked very dangerous uh, on a number of opportunities in the offensive zone. Clearly, extremely dangerous on the power play. You got to love it. Folks, we saw what happened last year, right? We saw the first half of the year not doing so well, looking like maybe, is he going to be the player that we thought he was going to be? And then we saw him after Martin Saint-Louis came in and took over the bench, become a completely different player, become exactly the player that we had hoped he was going to be. And I think we saw the same flashes of that second half player against the New Jersey Devils. I really do believe that there is a significant, significant comeback season coming from him this year. And I think it's going to be biblical. I really believe that he has a shot at going after maybe a 40-goal season. I'm not sure. I do believe that he is going to hit 40 at some point in his career. I don't know if it's going to be this year, but I can feel it in my bones. You know, when you when you see a guy who can score, just the the, the, the shot he scored on from the for, on the power play, that is kind of his spot down in that faceoff circle. But we were talking about it in the EOTP chat, like how does that go in? How does that go? We don't have anybody else that puts that in that regularly. Top cheese. He does that. His shot is, you know, it's it might not be the best in the league. We might still have to begrudgingly give that to Austin Matthews. But it's up there, man. It's an elite shot. There aren't a lot of players who can shoot the puck as accurately and with the kind of velocity that he can with that quick release. Um, I loved his game. Loved his game. Very excited to see what he can do uh, as, again, a little bit of a revenge tour. You know, he he probably should have been in the Calder conversation a little bit more firmly than he was. His second half of the season kind of snuck him in there late, but it wasn't enough to overcome, you know, the greatness that was Moritz Sider last year or even Trevor Zegris. Um, there, was, there was a couple of guys who were always going to be head and shoulders above him uh, because of the way that he started the year. But uh, really, I, I think we're going to see a lot more of that second half Caulfield than we are going to see the first half Caulfield this season. So get excited about that, Habs fans. We may have our next great goal scorer, and we're going to find out this season throughout the course of the year. Aside from that, uh, Caden Gooley, uh, that guy's making the team. I know I've talked about him a few times. Uh, I've definitely brought him up throughout the course of the rookie tournament um, and camp. Looking at him in this game, man, he didn't find the score sheet, but he his fingerprints were all over this game. He had a couple of really nice skates up ice. Um, he had one where he went on the outside, uh, throws the puck back into the slot, and I swear he was an inch, maybe a half inch, uh, away from that pass being perfect and giving a free goal to whoever it was in front. I can't remember who it was anymore. I'd have to go back and double check it. Doesn't matter because if he can fine-tune that pass just a little bit, it's not going to matter who's out front. It's going to be an assist. It's going to be a primary assist that he generated 100% on his own because what happened was play kind of breaks down for New Jersey a little bit in the neutral zone right near the uh, defensive blue line for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, Caden Gooley reads the play perfectly, jumps on it, immediately starts skating up ice. Boy, he's got a smooth stride and some speed for a guy that size. Um, I don't see a universe where he doesn't start with the Montreal Canadiens this season. And on that note, uh, I should throw a quick shout-out to his D partner on the night as well, uh, Jordan Harris. I think he's got a good chance of starting with the Montreal Canadiens as well. I know there's a bit of a crowd vying for spots in the blue line, um, but Jordan Harris, I, I think he's shown enough that he definitely deserves a look with the NHL team. I don't know if he's going to get it, 
he, he might have to go down and play some games in Laval. Uh, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that either. But again, I really liked his game. Uh, he looked really good with Gouli. Not sure if they're going to keep that intact during actual regular season play or not, but it's something they could consider. I think both of those guys showed at least that they deserve a longer look, that they deserve a chance to really make that team. I like Gouli's chances better at this point than I like uh, Harris's, but you got to give it to them. They they played big minutes. They look pretty good, and um, I'm I'm kind of excited to see which one of those guys can earn a spot um, if it's not both of them. And either way, uh, I think they're both going to be playing some games at some point for the Canadians this year. We know injuries are going to happen. Guys who don't make the team right away are going to get their shot at some point, and uh, we'll be able to evaluate and see where they're at when that time comes. So good game from those two. Definitely some uh, bright days ahead when it comes to defensemen in Montreal. And then let's talk about the goalies for a second. Um, Jake Allen was in net first. He played about half the game. They, I, don't, I can't remember exactly when they pulled him out in the uh, in the second period, but I think he had 19 shots uh, and stopped all of them. He was perfect. He looked great. He's going to give them a chance to win games this year that maybe they shouldn't. Um, now, you could have a conversation about whether or not that's a good thing because at this stage, we probably are looking at a high draft pick again this year. Um so again, if you're if you're on Team Tank, it's a little bit early to be on Team Tank, but I won't begrudge you being on Team Tank at this point. Everybody wants a shot at Connor Bedard. He might go, well, you know what, Jake Allen's going to screw up the tank a little bit. But at the end of the day, what he is going to give us is he's going to give us more entertaining games. He's going to give us closer games, right? He's going to keep them a little bit closer in games that otherwise might get out of hand if they didn't have quality NHL goaltending. I think he's a real starter-level NHL goalie. Uh, and I think he's going to get a chance to show that this year if he can stay healthy all year. Looked great in that game against the Devils. Uh, Caden Grimaud, I, I thought he looked good as well. Um, I think that second goal is a little bit problematic for me. Um, he was kind of down on one knee. Don't really like the way that he was kind of just standing there for that. I think you make that initial save, you got to readjust and get yourself in a better position to make that next save. Um, but overall, not bad. At any rate, he's not the guy that's expected to carry the water this year. It's going to be Allen probably taking the most games. So you you can forgive him um, a, a bad goal or two, especially in the preseason, right? I'm not worried about him. Uh, I thought he looked good. Not perfect, but good. Um, could have been better, but I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. And uh, hopefully he gets another game or two in the preseason for us to take a look at him because I think he needs uh, a little bit more. He needs to feel the puck a little bit more, and then maybe he won't put himself in positions like that where he can get one of those greasy ones near the end of a game. Um, overall, liked his game. And of course, I got to close out the podcast by talking about a few of the young guys. Uh, let's start with Joshua. I thought he was very effective. Uh, there was a few decisions that he made on the ice where I was like, mm, you know, I really wish you went a different direction with that. But overall, he was one of the better players at 5-on-5 five five for the team. Uh, so he was effective. They played him with uh, Michael Pizzetta and Jan Mishak. Uh, Mishak as well, I, I thought, had an effective game. Quiet, not very noticeable, but not also not noticeable in a bad way. But Joshua Roy, I thought, was the best player on that line. Um, he was effective. Uh, he was good. Made mostly smart decisions with the puck. Liked him overall in that game and liked the fact that he was one of the better five-on-five players for the team. Uh, also got to bring up uh, Philip Meshar, man. Philip Meshar, they had him out there with uh, Anthony Richard and, Jesus, who else was on the other wing? 
Anthony Richard and uh, Raphael Harvey Pignard. Those are two guys who are absolute locks for the rocket, right? That means they are seriously considering Philip Meshar for the Laval Rocket this season and not for the Kitchener Rangers in the OHL. There was a lot of talk about that coming into the season. You know, was it going to be um, OHL or was it going to be AHL for him? He's not going back to Europe. A lot of people were saying, you know, he's a lock for the OHL. They're sending him to the OHL. For sure, they're sending him to the OHL. If they're trying him out right now in the preseason with two of their absolute locks for the AHL, then I think that suggests at the very least that they're considering the possibility of letting him start the year there. I could see it. This kid's got moves. Uh, He's quite responsible with the puck as well. I felt like he was good at five on five. I could see him, you know, going to Laval, maybe doing well there. Obviously, if they trust him to play with some of their better players, he's going to end up putting up some numbers and then he could potentially put him like lean into the frame to, well, you know what? If there's injuries in Montreal, maybe you come up, maybe you play a little bit during the season for the Habs as well. So good game from him. Um, Something to watch as well as we watch the rest of the preseason. Does he stay with those big AHL names? If so, it's going to become increasingly more likely that that's where he's going to go to start the season. Also, Uri Slavkovsky. Uh, Uri Slavkovsky, I thought he played a pretty damn good game. Um, Didn't find the score sheet either. He did actually take a penalty at one point, which was the stupidest penalty ever. Um, Not on him, but on just the overall rule set and the refs. Nico Dawes clearly came further out into his crease just to initiate contact with Slavkovsky as he was skating by. And Slavkovsky gets called for goaltender interference. But really, it was a pick being run by Nico Dawes on Slavkovsky. So don't fault him for the penalty. And loved the fact that when he got out of the penalty box, he immediately got the puck, flew through the neutral zone, cut out to the wing, and tried to throw it back into the middle. And it ended up on the stick of Mike Hoffman after a couple of bounces. And Mike Hoffman got a chance out of it. So I like the fact that despite getting kind of a bullshit penalty... Uh, he turned around and immediately got back on his horse as soon as he got back on the ice. There's another really good defensive play that he made. Uh, what was it? Like in the second period, I think, he got the puck down uh, in the corner near the goal line in his defensive zone and kind of turns away from the pressure, sees a little bit of space, just gets on his high horse, starts cutting up through the slot and makes a good outlet pass to get out of the zone. So there, there were signs of a good player in there. Would like to see more from him. Uh, and I think we will. I don't think they're going to be shy whatsoever about putting them out there during the preseason. I think we're definitely going to see more games. And hopefully we see a little bit more offense out of him as well in those games. There wasn't a lot of offense overall for the Montreal Canadiens. So you got to take what you can get. And in this case, I'm, I'm taking any signs of, of you know positive progress as good news. And that brings me to our final youngster that I wanted to talk about. And I've been talking about him a lot lately. That's Owen Beck. Uh, Owen Beck was great for my money one of the best players on the ice for the Habs Um, barring of course Cole Caulfield but anyways we already talked about him Beck even almost got uh, tied the game up in the third period at one point Um, he let loose a wrist or really good change of direction on that shot as well but ended up banging it off the post Um, was really good in the face-off circle. They were trusting him at the end of the game when they pulled the goalie and they were trying to tie things up. Uh, He was the guy they had out there to take the face-off. So obviously he's earning trust from the coaching staff. Uh, I don't know how long he sticks. I I do think he's going back to junior this season, but I said it on the last podcast, man. Get this kid an entry-level contract and get it to him fucking now. Why do we need to wait? If you send him back to junior, it's not going to count against your contract limit. It's not going to count against the cap. And it's going to slide into next year anyways. Give him that vote of confidence. He has earned the right to call himself a signed player 
with the Montreal Canadiens as far as I'm concerned. I hope that management sees that as well. And I think the coaching staff does because they had him on the top line uh, with Cole Caulfield and Mike Hoffman. Mike Hoffman was bad in this game. Uh, But (laughs) the fact that they are letting him play big minutes like that, even in a preseason game, I think is important. It shows that he's earning the trust of the coaching staff. He should be earning the trust of management as well. Give him that ELC and then let's see him for a couple more times in the preseason and, uh, you know, Whatever happens, happens. If there's space for him, I'd love to see him get a couple of games in the regular season before getting sent down. If there's not space, what can you do? You know, there are limits to what you can accomplish, how many contracts you can have, how many players you can have, but I would love to see it if there is space for them to do it. We're going to cut it off there. We're running, what, over 16 minutes. So, c'est une soirée énorme pour les employés de soutien. We're on Spotify, Google Play, Apple, Megaphone. I'm on Twitter at DrakeMT. Drop me a follow. I would appreciate it very much. We will be back after Wednesday night's game against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Another preseason action. A little bit more practice. So until then, of course, Adam Bishop. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.